When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. What's good? What's good? What's good? Happy NBA preseason. How's everybody doing? This is Jason Jones. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And you know what I do here. I talk Sacramento Kings. For some reason still, because people don't mind hearing me talk about it. I talk hip hop and anything else that might come to mind. Shout out again to the Basketball Podcast Network for allowing me to bring you some of this Kings content. And it's a Tuesday when I'm recording, meaning it's after the Kings vict- uh, preseason victory Monday night in Los Angeles over the Lakers. And if you know anything about me, the last thing I get worked up about is the preseason. I'm not going to give you some crazy like breakdown of, well, what does this mean for the season? It doesn't mean (laughs) what happened on the court doesn't mean much of anything in the sense of this. It's because the starters only played the first half. And well, or the key, should I say the key starters only played the first half of both teams. And there's really the first preseason game is generally just clumsy and just a lot going on with it because this is the first time these teams have played against someone else other than themselves over the course of of whatever, you know, over the course of the training camp. So I just want to jump into one thing, probably to me the most significant thing about the the um, the game. For me, this, uh, the thing I just probably just stands out or thing that caught everyone's attention would be the starting lineup. Uh, we knew going into the game, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, DeMontis Sabonis are your starters. And even though Mike Brown hadn't said so, to me it made it only made sense that Kevin Herter was going to be a starter. <laughs> and so the question really becomes, who's going to be that uh, fourth starter? Who's going to be, you know, that uh, the, the, at that four spot? Do the Kings go small with uh you know a front court of Keegan Murray and uh, Harrison Barnes? Didn't do that though. They uh, went with a uh, with Keegan off the bench, 
which is not crazy, given that they're, you know, either rookie. You know, you go, they go with uh, somebody from Stanford, which I won't hold against them, you know, even though, you know, you know how I feel about Stanford. <laughs> they went with KZ Akpala, the veteran, or three-year vet from from Stanford. Uh, just throwing an obligatory Go Bears, because I have to do that whenever discussing the uh, the Stanford Cardinal, you know, the school whose mascot is a color. But let me I digress. And in that game, KZ stepped in, played, like I said, starters didn't play a lot. Played ten minutes. Yo, know, one of three shooting. Missed both of his threes. Two rebounds and assist. Two fouls. Two points. Mm, not going to make too much or too little of this other than the fact that it appears that at least for the first time out uh Mike Brown's getting a look at some different things at that four spot which is going to be to me the the key spot that the Kings try to figure out what they're going to do and when you watch them uh Monday night even with KZ out there which would probably be the same thing with Keegan Murray who's also listed at 68 they just looked very small up front against the Lakers. And, I mean, the, the Kings are still uh, probably that's probably the uh, the biggest glaring hole on the roster. Just the lack of size all the way around still. They could, I mean, you could look at a, a Keegan at the four. At worst, I say one of the forward spots. You could look at Chemezi, Metu. You could look at, you know, a few different ways at that spot. Trey Lyles. No matter how you look at it, this is not a big team. And part of it is the Lakers start two bigs with Anthony Davis and former King Damian Jones. But still, they just look so much smaller than the Lakers at least among, with the first group. And that's going to be something that's going to, to me, be an issue all season. You get They got caught in a situation early with a switch. I mean, this happens in a game. De'Aaron Fox ends up guarding AD. AD scores easily, of course, because, you know, there's a big size difference between the point guard and a power forward. But I wonder over the course of the year what other moves might be able to make, be, be able to be made just to maybe get the Kings one or two more guys to throw on the perimeter who can help out in terms of this, you know, size, you know, size and aid with that switchability on defense. But I expect them to you know, look at a bunch of different things at the four spot. As they prepare for the season, KZ gets the first crack. And if you don't know a whole lot about KZ, uh, again, he was a, comes from Miami. No, he's not from Miami. You know. He was a second-round pick in 2019 of Phoenix before ending up in Miami. The 32nd overall pick was you know, basically the, kind of a, one of those fringe first-rounders. Sure, some people had him being a first-rounder in mock drafts and all that, but only appeared in five games as a rookie for the Heat. 37 games in 2020-2021, and last season appeared in 21 games for Miami. Career averages of 2.8 points, 1.8 rebounds, and, you know, only an average of 11.4 minutes. So he hasn't, you know, he's, you know, 
hasn't been a major rotation player in his career at this point. But he's worth, it's definitely worth the look. It's definitely worth the look as the Kings go through their the process of kind of figuring out what to do with that spot. Were some things I think you could, you know, take away that you might like from the game if you're into breaking down preseason games, which I'm really not, <laughs> or, you know, reading way too much into it. You know, De'Aaron Fox did have 10 points. He shot 4-12. You know, Sabonis uh, only got up three shots in 15 minutes. You know, Barnes took five shots. But I do like the idea, if anything, that De'Aaron was aggressive especially going against a guy like, you know, Russell Westbrook, who got the best of him a little bit earlier, but then De'Aaron got his. Uh, the star, of course, it was uh, Keegan, who I've jokingly called the greatest rookie ever, but he had 16 points on 7-11 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, 6 rebounds, all in 21 minutes. So if you have a preseason player of the game, it would have been him. And if you're wondering how... Uh, De'Aaron's buddy from Kentucky and the former Laker Malik Monk did. He was 3 of 11, 8 points. So, yeah, the Kentucky, you know, I'm not going to make, you know, 7 of 24 combined for the for the, for the, the old college teammates. I'm not going to, 7 of 23, I'm sorry. I'm not going to make too big a deal out of that. I just think it's, it's an early sample size, and we still... I I think the Kings are going to probably struggle defensively this season no matter what, which is why I still look for them to try to figure out the way to keep some some length on the on the court. Because you can't expect Davion Mitchell to be your defensive savior. <laughs> you know, you just can't expect that. But I do expect for them to tinker between scheme and matchups and lineups. Try to find the best way to keep some size. Some bulk on the court. Just try to shore up that defense, which is going to be, you know, going to be a problem. It's because with the as the lineup stands right now, only Harrison Barnes is, you know, what I say has been a proven, can show he can be a consistently good defender over the course of his career. And some might argue that Harrison's not what he once was in his younger days, even though Harrison's not old, but he's been around for a little bit. So. That's what I took from that. And switching gears, want to touch on some predictions. If you go over to theathletic.com, uh, our John Hollinger has a story up right now where he's breaking down team previews. And he predicts the Kings to still miss the playoffs, which isn't crazy. You know, talks about some of the the moves or, you know, the fact that they uh, gave up two second rounders for Dante DiVincenzo to then let him walk for nothing. But, you know, you swap in Malik Monk, you know, just questioning some of the decision making. And he touched on one thing I've touched on before here and want to, to, to uh, monitor as the season goes. For all the praise that Monik Neris receives, particularly from the local media, for the job he's done in reshaping his roster, there's kind of a veiled, confusing power structure still in terms of just how much say Wes Wilcox has in this deal. And you look, you can see it through some of the, the decisions or some of the, maybe some of the questions that uh, 
you know, bringing in guys like a, a Matthew Della Vadova now, who I'm not saying is going to come in and like change the world, but that's a guy with ties to Mike Brown and also, you know, especially Wes Wilcox. You know, he's, you know he definitely has ties to Wes because uh, Delhi was uh, on that Warriors team that made it to the 2015, yeah, 2015 championship finals. No, no, he was on. He played against the Warriors. He was on Cleveland, but it's just a question of do guys. I just need to go look that up again. My notes are a little jumbled right now in terms of how far they overlapped. But, you know, there's, there's kind of this, this question around the league as to, yes, Monty is the GM, but his assistant GM is a guy that interviewed for his job. And with Monty not having an extension yet, there are going to be questions about what's going on with Sacramento long term. What are they doing? Why are they doing it like this? I mean, that's not going to, that will not cease anytime soon. So it'll be interesting to kind of just monitor that situation. But if you get a chance, get over to uh, The Athletic, check out Hollinger's piece. He's previewing every NBA team, but go ahead and give that a a read amongst uh, all of our NBA preview coverage. Friend Anthony Slater has an interview with Mike Brown over there as well. So we got you covered with some Kings content over the athletic.com. That being said, I want to shift gears. I had a very good music weekend, but before I shift gears, want to uh, let you know that the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. That sounds like fun to me. (laughs) Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Uh, The Raider fan, I'm excited to see what's going on with Josh Jacobs coming up. Uh, Josh McDaniels decided to give him the ball. And give it to them the ball consistently, and the Raiders actually won a game. So I'm really curious to see if maybe they can keep that rolling. Maybe it make some money off of that. You know, you know, can Josh Jacobs go over 100 yards again when he played when the Raiders play at Kansas City on Monday Night Football? Something I can't wait to see, and hopefully the Raiders don't let me down. <laughs> but to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day. All season long. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now... Let's get back to the show. Okay, folks. Um, like I said, big, big music weekend for me. Uh, on Saturday, uh, made my way down to Oakland for the New York State of Mind tour. That was Wu-Tang Clan. That was Nas. And as they highlight labeled it, special guest Buster Rhymes. Three-hour set. No intermission. No breaks. I stood the entire three hours. And it was a great show. We got there had been I read I had read earlier that you know 
seeing that earlier in the tour, Method Man hadn't been part of the tour because he was filming a movie, I believe. And lo and behold, Oakland, the Bay Area, we got Method Man at the show. And he didn't come out with the, you know, with the opening of the show. When they introduced everyone from Woo, it was, you know, you had, you know, Raekwon, Ghostface, you got, you know, uh, Inspector Deck, Jizza, Rizza, Capadonna. You had the you had the you had the whole clan, but you didn't have meth. Meth came out mid show and the crowd of course went crazy. You know, especially the ladies there, they were losing their minds, but it was it was definitely a great show. Uh, to, I had never seen Wu Tang Clan live, so that was a big treat for me. And it was um, you got all the hits, you got a good mix of everyone who was you know, you know you got a good you got a good mix of Wu Tang and the solo projects, and it was yeah it was it was it was it was a hell of a show, and it's always interesting to see how a group like Wu Tang puts together a live show because again they could just do a Wu-Tang show and all stay out there together but they were able to you know they blended well it helps that Raekwon and Ghost have so much history so much good stuff together they can go back and forth you know you had Nas there who I'll get to later but you had Nas there who you know, of course has a classic song uh, the, the classic song off of Only Built for Cuban Links with Raekwon so you had, like I said, a great blend of hip hop, and you know I won't. The tour is almost over, but if you get a chance, you know to check it out. I don't know, find it on YouTube. I posted some clips on my Instagram. Check it out. I'm pretty sure if you're a hip hop fan, you'll love it. And brings me to Nas. My third time seeing Nas, and it was a third. It was a different type of set. First time I saw Nas was back in 2014. It was the 20-year uh, anniversary of Illmatic. So he just performed Illmatic straight through. That was the show. Saw that down in, in, at the Paramount in Oakland. Man, I see a lot of hip-hop shows in Oakland. Then, sixth time I saw Nas, actually earlier this year, was at the uh, Smoking Grooves Festival. And festival sets are always tricky because they're generally shorter. You've been out there a long t- t- time. You want to keep the crowd going. You don't want to have a big lull. So that was a different set. And that set was almost more, it felt like it was more of the new stuff, of his stuff with Hit Boy. And that's good stuff, so I'm not mad at that. But this time, you got the new and the old. You got from the beginning to the end a good mix. And it was was entertaining. It was definitely a good set. Uh, Outstanding set by Nas. You know, and because of the way the show was set up with, you know, you know, three acts, you were able to kind of get, you know, some woo, then you get some nods, and you get some woo, then you get some nods. And then you got, you know, you got Buster Rhymes. And for years, I've been told nobody wants to follow a, a Buster Rhymes set, that Buster Rhymes sets are just wildly entertaining, wildly energetic. And just uh, it's a kind of it's just a treat, and this is my first time seeing Buster Rhymes live. And I'll give you this: Buster Rhymes is definitely a showman. His showmanship, his mastery of of, of the crowd, his, the way he even just manipulated the way he performed the songs to keep you going. It was it was definitely a uh, whew, it was a treat. It was definitely a treat. 
something that I was glad I was able to catch live and in person because it was, like I said, it was outstanding. Buster really did his thing with that show. And like I said, it was, it was, he was the only act that only had one set. And he also he had, he had hit us with all the hits, you know, <laughs> right all, you know, right then. But yeah, it was it was what I would hope for and expect from a Buster Rhymes performance. And it was great. And, you know, Nas closes the show out with one mic, which I think is probably a staple of how he closes out his show at this point. But it was definitely worth the show. Like I said, three hours of straight hip hop, nonstop, going, 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 going. You know, like I said, this tour is about over, but if you can somehow get a video, something like that of it, trust me, it'll be worth your time. And before I exit stage left, got one music recommendation for the week. In case you did not know, Freddie Gibbs uh, released a new, new project called Soul Sold Separately. And then S's are spelled with dollar signs. And this is definitely another good Freddie Gibbs project. One thing about Freddie, he's going he's gonna to put out a good project every time. And this is no exception. You know, some of the highlights, it's uh, really, it's all a highlight to me. I think it's a solid thing, top to bottom. But, you know, Pusha T has a feature on here, and Pusha T rarely misses. You know, he's got Anderson Pack and Raekwon. Speaking of Wu-Tang, he's on a song on, they're together on a song on here. It's got Rick Ross, and is Rick Ross ever miss on a feature? And then on the, you know, you got Offset. Even on the R&B side, you got Kelly Price, and you got Music Soul Child. And he's got the legendary Scarface on a song. But I don't want to give the impression this is just feature, 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 feature. No, Freddie does the damn thing on this as well. So if you're a hip-hop fan, I trust that you will enjoy this project. So that being said, time for me to get up out of here. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Catch me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. This is the ruler of the court podcast i am jason jones and then this show of course is brought to you by the basketball podcast network you all take it easy out there y'all be good 